Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast week 34 of the show. Some big stories coming out, big stories. Finally, the star of this podcast, well, the MVP of this podcast, Matt Riddle, leaving NXT, done, going to the main roster. about to make history each and every one of you we use the word revolution because this is a revolution i am nxt and i'm not going anywhere oh a little bit of the bubbly this is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in aew's way what you call a paradigm shift so yeah as i alluded to welcome everyone week 34 of the show week 34 of the wednesday night wars let's start with the man the biggest star in wrestling at the moment aside from brock lesnar i would have said aside from becky lynch but becky lynch ain't around anymore and that is one the only matthew riddle oh, and he's gone to smackdown well so basically, we'll fast forward, well, we'll rewind, should I say, to the start of this week. And it was rumours were filtering out. Uh, I'm not sure if other outlets may be fightful, but I know that the Observer did report that on Monday or Tuesday, Matt Riddle was at the SmackDown tapings. Um, later it came out, excuse me, just had some talks. Later it came out that um, Matt Riddle had, like, video pre-recorded something for SmackDown um, and then, obviously, spoiler alert for the show that we're about to review on NXT. Matt Riddle lost clean. Um, he lost on his way out of the territory, or the third brand, shall we say, to Timothy Thatcher in that fight pit match. That really, really good fight pit match, actually. Um, so, yeah, Matt Riddle, he looks destined to go to SmackDown. Is it how I pictured it? No, I think it would have been a lot better if it had been a surprise, but the dirt sheets do what the dirt sheets do, that's why we read them, um, this one would have been better being a surprise, um, but hey, not everything can be a surprise, it would have been better being in front of a crowd, but Matt Riddle can do anything, can't he really, Smackdown needs something, they need something, I mean, clearly Smackdown are trying to, WWE are trying to save these Smackdown ratings, clearly Fox cannot be happy with these ratings being around 2 million, um, as you've seen, Riddle's going to SmackDown, AJ Styles going to SmackDown, and I've just saw, thought to myself, Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles, would we all like to see that? Pretty sure we would, I fucking definitely would, but what will we see? What will we see? Some people talking about, what, what's Matt Riddle going to do? What's he going to do? And I've got Baron Corbin <laughs> screaming in my head, I can just see Matt Riddle comes out, and then you get Baron Corbin coming out. To confront him, but we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, for WWE's sake, that is true that he is going to SmackDown. Hopefully, Vince McMahon has realised that he has got ugh, an absolute fucking superstar. This guy, he could main event WrestleMania next year for me. Have him win the Rumble, have him main event WrestleMania. He's got more personality than half of your roster put together. 
He's the most exciting person to watch in the ring. And I'm just excited that I can now watch a Matt Riddle match without listening to... As you all listen, you all know I don't like his commentating. I know that will offend some people. Some people are like, oh, how can you slag that off? It's just my opinion. Mauro Ranello, I just think he's, a, he's an annoying commentator. Do you know what I mean? He just gives me a headache. I, mean, I listen to the shows from my TV usually with wireless headphones. And honestly, I have to turn them bastards down when he comes on. But, hey, some people love him. Others, believe it or not, there is others that actually dislike him. But, yeah, it'd be great to listen to a Matt Riddle match without Mauro's commentary. Um, but, yeah, I feel it's a shame. It's just a real shame and a surprise. Imagine if you'd have said, what, did he debut about, oh, maybe even two years, but around 18 months ago, he was actually appearing. I think he debuted, debuted at maybe the Brooklyn show in 2018, but he, he was in full force on that... Um, on the takeover cards by the start of 2019, which is nearly 18 months ago when he faced Cassius Ono. Um, I think he, did he beat him in like 10 seconds, like a surprise debut on that show. Um, and then he he faced Velveteen Dream at the takeover that I was at in New York. Um, so yeah, it is a surprise that he has been active on the NXT main roster. And he's never really been in a title feud. He's never really been in a main event feud, has he? At all, which is just it's just mind blow mind blowing to me that you've got a guy like Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, that list of NXT champions, but Matt Riddle is not one of them. I mean, rewind back to one of the opening nights of the Wednesday night wars. I'm pretty sure it was it was it was Matt Riddle against Adam Cole in that back at the start of October on that first episode. Check it out; it'll be in the annals, WWE Buzzweather, the annals, the archives of this podcast. Debut one. Debut one, episode one of the show, we would have taught that Matt Riddle-Adam Cole match. It was a really good match, but Adam Cole took the victory. And that was the closest Riddle ever came to winning the NXT title. Don't do, Did he ever hold the North American title? I don't think he did. Did he? Mm, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm on my laptop, so I will have a look at that. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Matt Riddle, impromptu here. Matt Riddle, North American champion. I don't think he did. I feel like Roderick Strong's been... No, it do- doesn't look like he did. I think Velveteen, Velveteen Dream retained over him for that for that title. But hey, maybe he did, maybe he did. Let me know if he did. But either way, he didn't really do anything in NXT. He had random feuds. He was coming into his own, really, with his feud. Uh, his partnership, sorry, with 1P Dunn. But that obviously got cut short as Dunn can't make it into the States. And then his best stuff really has been in the last month. He's always been the most charismatic guy on the show, but never really, never really seemed to just get that push, did he, into the title scene for whatever reason, um, which is mind-blowing. It is fucking mind-blowing. But hey, Matt Riddle, destined to go to SmackDown. Watch, this This show is going to be uploaded, what, hours before SmackDown. So if you're listening to this after SmackDown and he hasn't debuted, blame Dev Meltzer, because he's the guy that we've been listening to on this, but... It has been reported by numerous other sources. So I do expect this to happen. So for all the people out there like, oh, Meltzer's always wrong. We'll see. We'll see on this one. Maybe on next week's show, I'll be like, well, that was a piss take. But maybe they'll hold it off till next week. But anyway, Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin to headline the summer. Hopefully it's AJ. Um, Right, let's talk FTR, the revival. We've spoke for weeks on the show that the revival were obviously, it was obvious, no dirt sheet news needed here. The FTR would be going to AEW, especially with nowhere else really for them to go. New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, maybe they'll still be allowed to work those territories. We've not really heard anything about that yet, but they are AEW. And it was always going to happen. That, that 
Do you know what I mean? The AEW Tag Team Division is comfortably the best tag team division in the world. So it was a no-brainer for the Revival to go um, over to AEW. Clearly, that's one of the main reasons why they left. I don't buy the fact that they wanted to work on the independent scene for the rest of the careers. They left WWE. You're not going to turn down big money like that unless you know AEW are there and waiting for you. You're not going to leave WWE to go to Impact at this stage in the game or Ring of Honor, unfortunately. Sorry, Danny. So, yeah, Revival signed with AEW. The debut itself... Um, it was okay, obviously, like everything these days would have been better with the crowd, but hey, such is life at this moment. Um, but yeah, Revival debuted, confronted the Young Bucks and then walked off. But it was, it was a nice little debut, I enjoyed it. Um, right, so we spoke about those two subjects, Riddle and FTR. It's going to be hard work to stop calling them the Revival. So let's get into the ratings. Who won week 34 of the Wednesday Night Wars? It was AEW, again, AEW beats WWE yet again, God, God knows how many weeks in a row this is, but both, good news, as both shows were up, um, we had like, what was it, like 1.56 million viewers of wrestling on a Wednesday night, I'd love to know, say if you took NXT out of the mix, and if it had just been Dynamite on these Wednesday nights, what, what, would, what would Dynamite be doing, I think they'd be getting easy, they'd be easily above a million, do you know what I mean, there's no way that out of those 730, 700,000 viewers of NXT that you wouldn't get a couple of hundred thousand who would watch Dynamite, so without NXT, Dynamite would comfortably be getting above a million viewers, but the week 34 ratings were AW, um, 827,000, I think a lot of that will have been um, the positive reviews of the Double Enough Nothing show, they always seem to get a, pay- a bit of a pay-per-view boost, the show after the pay-per-views, obviously they had Mike Tyson, um, NXT 731,000, I don't know, maybe people maybe people wanted to watch Matt Riddle, who knows, because for me NXT wasn't really a show where I was thinking, oh this is going to be a great show, but I was excited for that fight pit match, um, but yeah, so AEW yet again, no surprise, basically trounce NXT in the ratings battle, um, but yeah, 827,000 is a really good amount of viewers for AEW at this stage, especially with everything that's going on, especially with the fact we don't have crowds anymore. Can't complain about this. It's basically what it was before this whole global pandemic decided to rear its ugly head and ruin everyone's lives. But hey, um, right, so that, that's it all I wanted to touch on, really. Th- today's show was... Ugh, fucking news alert, by the way. It's absolutely roasting in the UK. Jesus, I am literally, I'm sat here in my football shirt and I am sweating. It is 25 degrees, 26 degrees in Preston. Um, I don't know, I don't have a clue what that is in American terms. Uh, I don't know, 80s maybe? I don't know, something like that. I bet there's some guy sat there now in Vegas where it's probably like 80, 88 degrees or something, thinking that soft English bastard. But hey, hey, I'll tell you what as well, while now we've got the news out of the way. Jesus Christ, have you been on Twitter this week? Whew, it wasn't half kicking off, was it? I've never had as much abuse in my life. I was, um, wasn't defending him, but I was just, just, just stirring the pot a little, having a bit of fun talking about um, the Alexa Bliss JD from NY, whatever. Um, driver on Twitter, we all had a bit of a laugh with that. Some people got offended. I was looking at the follow account, which made me laugh. I think we was on around 16,000 followers on our Twitter um, before that started, and unfortunately, we lost about 150 wet 
soft fucking snowflakes. So, yeah, unfortunately, they couldn't handle a little bit of banter. But, hey, we're here for laughs. I'm sick of... You can't say this, you can't say that. Jesus Christ. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we can all critique, as long as you don't outright go after someone, like, harass them, which is a fucking joke, by the way. I mean, I don't want to really touch on the Hannah Kamara situation with that. That just made me sick from last week. People going after her, she's 22 years old, and it's just... I think everything that needs to be said about that subject has been said, but an absolute tragedy. Um, and just, yeah... If, if, if you're going to pick on someone, you, you just don't need to do it. Like, we can go on Twitter and have an opinion. Like, say I've been getting abuse on Twitter about what I've been putting. And it's like, if someone abuses me, I'm not going to reply back flaming him. I'm just going to have a laugh with him and be like, yeah, if that's your opinion, mate, that's fine. I'm not going to be an idiot about it. Have a bit of banter, maybe call him a bell end, a bit of a joke. But people just take things far too seriously. Some of the stuff going on in the world this week, we all know what's going on in Minneapolis. It's just, it's a sorry state of affairs in it at the moment, but yeah, at least the Alexa Bliss JD situation is sorted, I think he apologised and she was decent enough to be fair to thank him for it, um, so yeah, let's brush that aside, everyone, people, if anyone's listening to this who is harassing that guy's family, just stop it, seriously, there's no need at all, um, it's just ridiculous, we're all friends, we're all friends here, um, in, I hate the word, but they're wrestling Twitter community, sometimes we're actually not, but hey, it's my birthday tomorrow by the way, 29 years young, depressing that, 29, feel like, ugh, I remember, it only seems like yesterday when I was 21, no kids, pr- pretty much no business, and now, hey, real life kicks in, we viewed flats today actually, viewed um, a flat in the town centre, I'm thinking it's not like the best place, but it's a nice location. So keep you. I'm sure you're all riveted by this talk. Way it's just me talking into a microphone. So um, I think let's get in to these two shows. Won't have to talk about them for too long. Cause start with AEW because the NXT show was a bit. It, it was shit really, except the main event. But um, yeah, Dynamite, Dynamite this week overall. It was good. It wasn't great. It was, it was a decent show. There was aspects I liked, aspects I didn't like. Um, I like how these dynamites after a pay per view start with like a highlights video package of what happened on the pay per view. I always like it when they do that. WWE used to do that all the time. Every Monday after a pay per view on Raw, you'd get one of these highlights videos, especially after like a WrestleMania. I feel like you don't always get it. It's sort of hit and miss these days. Um, but yeah, we get the double and nothing recap. Uh, the commentators run through everything on the show, and when I say everything, I mean I mean basically everything. Every segment that's going to happen on this show, where they promote at the start of this show that Hikaru Shida is in action. Now I like Hikaru Shida, yeah, but nobody's watching the show based on that fact. You've got Mike Tyson, who's going to confront basically your top guy in the main event. They didn't advertise it. They didn't. They're showing everything that's happened at the start of the show, and not once did they say Mike Tyson. Not once, no graphic, no nothing. I thought it's a big mistake if someone's just switched on the show at the start because they heard maybe on social media Mike Tyson's on the show. And then your commentator's running through everything that might happen that's going to happen on the show and there's no mention of Tyson, no graphic. You might switch off. Maybe they didn't, but... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For me, I feel like you need to nail that. The first thing that you see from these comments, tonight we've got Mike Tyson on the show. Not tonight we've got Hikaru Shida on the show. No offence to Karashida, she's a good worker, um, but she's not going to draw mainstream attention like Mike Tyson has got your best chance of doing. Um, 
instead, halfway through the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy uh, versus Private Party and Joey Janela match, JR just randomly goes, oh, we've got Mike Tyson on the show tonight. Matt Hardy, back in the ring with Matt Hardy. And I thought, you can't just throw that in. It needs to be, start the show, let the viewer know, tonight we've got Mike Tyson on the show. But whatever. I think they clearly at the start of the show thought, shit, we didn't say it, which is why JR just randomly threw it in. But, um, so yeah, the tag team match that I alluded to, this was fun, but unfortunately it looked like Mark Quinn uh, injured his leg. Um, and I was sat watching this eagerly because I thought it'd be interesting to see um, how Isaiah does with this. Obviously he's young, he's green, how's he going to cope with, I mean, his partner being down injured, he's going to have to carry He's going to have to carry on with the match. The match is going to have to change up. He's not worked many matches in his career, but the young bucks sort of, I thought they'll guide him through it, but... This match sort of ended in a bit of a mess. You could tell they just, like, called it on the fly with what happened. Um, the injury, hopefully, uh, Mark Quinn is okay. I've not heard any updates on that. But, um, yeah, so the match ended quite sloppily with uh, the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy getting the win over Private Party and Joey Janela. Um, after the match, the Butcher and Blade attack the Young Bucks. We hear a pump on a car, or like sort of the revving of the engine, and it's... FTR arrive in the car, they come in the ring, they make it look like they're going to attack the Young Bucks, obviously they've had this ongoing feud on BTE with the Young Bucks, um, but no, they attack Butcher and the Blade, and then they sort of stare down the Young Bucks, refuse to shake hands and leave. Great debut, um, I'm really excited to see the Young Bucks versus the Revival, this is something, a feud that I think you can go with months for, for months with, sorry, um, I do want to see Young Bucks versus Page and Omega when we do eventually get these crowds back, but I think Revival Young Bucks is a match we all want to see, it's a huge match, it could main event a show, um, and I think the Young Bucks are sort of similar, maybe a little bit similar, obviously they don't have the size but of Jason Jordan, but I think we could get some American Alpha versus Revival type matches out of the Young Bucks and the Revival, so yeah, I'm sure we're going to have a great series of matches between those two teams, and I'm here for the ride, that should be great. Um, Next, we get John Moxley. He retained his title against Brody Lee at the pay-per-view. Um, he's out to commentate on Brian Cage. Uh, a funny moment on the show. So they're recapping what happened in the ladder match that Brian Cage won to get the shot at John Moxley at uh, Fighter Fest. And it's showing the highlights. Uh, Moxley's talking about the match, and it just shows Darby Allen when he gets thrown through in between that ladder. And you just hear Moxley go, Jesus Christ, Darby. Well, in an, not in an English accent, but he just goes, Jesus Christ, Darby. Well, that was a bad American accent, but you know what I'm saying. He goes, Jesus Christ, Darby, and I just thought, I just proper made me laugh. You could just tell Moxley, proper respect someone like Darby Allen. But yeah, Brain Cage comes out, squashes uh, Lee Johnson, Bristol City legend, um, and Taz, who is now Brain Cage's manager, which Taz is great on the microphone. Uh, Danny, who does the, pod, the Neutral Wrestling Podcast with me, sent for me through a few promos of Taz's from his ECW run. Just great stuff, when he? he sent me those months ago. But Taz cuts a really good promo here. He's got great delivery. Um, and he just says Moxley. He just talks up this match. Cage versus Moxley at Firefest. And it was really, really, really good job from Taz. Um, we get a segment now. Britt Baker is in a wheelchair with Tony Schiavone. And it's basically, she's got a whiteboard. She's in a wheelchair. And she's just, the segment went a bit too long. I think if you're in front of a live audience, potential for them to shit on it. Um, but there was a few highlights of it where she says that Chris Statlander's a crock of shit. No, she says being an alien is a crock of shit. She calls out Sheeta, calls out Nyla Rose. And then Tony Schiavone is stood in front of this whiteboard as she's trying to read it. And she just smacks him with a stick and goes, get the fuck out. 
tickled me. It tickled me. I howled, howled with laughter. But yeah, so this was another funny moment on the show. Um, she says she'll be back at All Out, which last week on the show we were talking about Britt Baker. Um, is she going to be out for nine months? Looks like it. She's going to be back in two months. So great news on that front. Um, next we get Hikaru Shida versus Christy Janes. And I've seen a few headlines and tweets from like wrestling critics and they're saying that Christy James stood out a lot in this match. She did. She did. She she got to show a lot of personality, um, a gimmick. I can imagine getting over. Um, she's a good looking girl as well. Um, but she was really green in the ring, but her whole presentation was really good, but you could see that greenness in the ring. And this match was centered around her. It did showcase her a lot. Karashida, as you'd expect, eventually gets the win. But Christy James does look like it's going to take her a while. She's going to need matches on dark. But I'd sign her. If they're not already signed, I'd sign her. She looked like a potential diamond in the rough here. She added a lot of charisma shining through um, in her Brazilian gear. Um, but yeah, very green. I think she'd have won with a Falcon Arrow. Um, we go to Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. who are sat in the hotel room with a beer and a carton of milk. This might have just been for the benefit of those of us who watch on Fight TV as we um, don't get adverts, commercials, or what is it called? Camera in for, for whatever. Where they show a little camera in the air, bottom corner of the screen, we just get the whole thing. I don't even know what it's called. But anyway, someone, someone will tweet me about that, I'm sure. Um, next we get Cody out. With Tony, um, cutting a decent little promo, just say about how um, he, he wanted the best wrestlers in the world. Um, this was weird when he says this. He says, Tony Khan wanted the best wrestlers in the world, and he wasn't the first person he called. He wasn't the second person he called, and he wasn't even the third. He was the fourth person Tony Khan called. And I thought, are they laying down something here that Cody could eventually go against Tony and maybe the other members of the Elite? Just a little thing. Maybe we'll look back on that in nine months, and I'll be like, hey, Back in May, back when it was 88 degrees in Preston, back when, um, yeah, the world was fucked. Daniel from it, WWAW Podcast thought maybe a little bit of a hint there, but yeah. A decent prom from Cody basically says that he's going to do, without saying it, that let's do what John Cena did where he did um, a week-to-week invitational for his TNT title. Um, so yeah, that should be good. Um, I, the John, I said that I don't like secondary titles, the only time that... I actually said this on Twitter. The only time that I liked secondary titles in recent years was when Cena had a good six months with the belt. Maybe three or four months, actually, because I think he lost it to Seth at SummerSlam. Yeah, but, yeah, so hopefully they do something like that. We saw it propelled young guys, such as, what, Kevin Owens, um, Sami Zayn. I'm sure there's plenty of others that came from that. So, yeah, decent promo from Cody, just setting the stall for next week and the battle royal we'd see later on in the show. Um, next, we get SCU versus Havoc, Jimmy Havoc and Kip. The winners face the tag team champions next week. Even though, I'm pretty sure on this pay-per-view, I watched... I've, I've spoke to my mate about this, and he's like, yeah, but this is for next week. But to me, I've already watched someone win the number one contendership for the tag team title. So, why are they? Why are they not? <laughs> why are they not facing the champions next week? Why am I watching another number one contenders match? I know it's the tag belts, but say... Say if we know that Moxley's facing Brian Cage. Yeah, Brian Cage won the number one contendership. Imagine if the main event tonight on there, Dynamite would have been, he's going to be the ne- the guy who's going to face John Moxley for the title next week. We'd be like, well, should it not be Cage? He's already the number one contender. But hey, um, next week we get to see Kenny Omega in the ring with Jimmy Havoc. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see that day. But hey. Um, Havoc pinning Scorpio Sky I thought it was a bit dumb because Scorpio Sky is a guy I think with a lot of upside 
Um, they keep sort of like they go from wanting to push him to then stopping pushing him. Hopefully they go because I do think this guy's got a lot of not potential because he's old, but I do think he, with the right backing, could become a upper card main eventer for the next few years. Really, um, yeah. MJF promo saying how he's gonna get to the last two of this battle rail coming up, and Wardlow will jump over when he and Wardlow are in the last two. Wardlow looks at him and he goes, I'm just joking, buddy. And this just reminds me, I watched the Ruthless Aggression documentary the other day, it was on BT, of uh, Evolution, and it sort of did remind me a bit of the early seeds to that Batista-Triple-H feud. So I'm sure we've got that to look forward to at some point, but for now, no need to break them up. Um, Battle Royal to face Cody, this was very indie, wasn't great. Um, highlights of the match we had, Marco Stunt eliminated Christopher Daniels. Um, Jungle Boy eliminated MJF. People say he's undefeated. His single streak is still intact. But for me, you're talking about him being undefeated, yeah? He's not lost a match in a year and then he goes and loses this Battle Royal. Didn't like it. Sort of like, and it, people say, well, it's not ended his undefeated streak. He fucking lost. So for me, it has. But I still suppose he's got this uh, singles record to his benefit. But hey, if I wouldn't have done it, I wouldn't. To me, if you were Jungle Boy, great winner. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to Cody Jungle Boy next week. Really good. Jungle Boy did need a win, but I don't know if I would have put MJF in there to begin with. Don't think there was any need to do that. Definitely wouldn't have had him in it. Um, main event, the Jericho Pep Rally. It's just your goofy, typical, in a circle thing. It's great. Oh, I missed a bit earlier, actually, where they have these stadium stampede t-shirts. they got a lorry load of vans with them as the winners on. I might buy one of those bastards if they're available. Um, but, yeah, just a goofy segment. Loads of fun. Sammy Guevara gets a scooter. Um, Ortiz gets some cheese. Someone robs his bubbly and his cheese platter. Jericho's going mad. Did we ever find that he robbed that cheese platter? Was it Tyson? Was it Tyson? I don't know, we didn't find that out, I don't think, but anyway, Jericho randomly calls, Mike Tyson, get out here now, this is the guy I want to beat up for what happened on a Monday night 10 years ago, be honest, I don't have any recollection of this, I had a bit of a break, I think, at the start of 2010, I think I was in between moving houses, I remember not watching a lot of the build-up for that WrestleMania, the year uh, Vince faced Brett, and Cena faced Batista, so yeah, um, but yeah, so they built that up, and they have a big brawl, they had Henry Cejudo out there, for me, straight away, he's someone I recognise instantly, and they didn't really do much with him, maybe he just wanted to be, he was sort of there in the background, instead, I don't know who this guy was in, like, eyeliner, he was just, he sort of looked out of place with Tyson's crew, but anyway, they have a big brawl, pull apart, really goofy, Um, I couldn't work out if I liked it or not, but at the end of the day, Mike Tyson in your company is going to bring more eyes than not, so in that way, it is probably going to be a success, the segment was fine, I'm all for seeing Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho, at this stage, I want to see Jericho in, like, big matches, it doesn't have to be, like, a five-star classics, it's not going to be at this stage, I don't think, with Jericho, but it's going to be some great stuff, you can see Jericho, Jericho's a genius, and he's going to do some great stuff with Mike Tyson along the way to this match, which I hope isn't at Fight Fest, uh, mate message be saying, we would have got that at a fight fest in London, don't think we would personally, I think you save it to for All Out, sorry, so yeah, that was the show goes, uh, overall, it was a good show, um, it was fine, wasn't it, it wasn't, it wasn't boring, it flew, it was decent, progressed things, we know we're heading towards Moxley Cage, next week we've got Cody Jungle Boy, um, so yeah, it was fine, it was fine, no Ray Phoenix on the show, he was meant to be back tonight, but it, well, Wednesday night, sorry, but it looks like 
maybe he might be more badly injured than first thought. Because last week on the show, we did say he would be appearing at Double or Nothing, but it was he showed up at the building on Saturday night and the decision was taken to not have him compete in that ladder match. So yeah, that was Dynamite. Good show. Now let's talk. I don't think we're going to talk in as much detail about this because I am fucking boiling. <laughs> but um, sorry for the language, but NXT didn't do a lot for me. So let's talk about... Week 34 of NXT. Well, I'm sure it's longer than week 34, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the show opens with Drake Maverick versus Jake Atlas versus Kushida. I was six minutes in before Marrow started pissing me off, screaming at the top of his voice for this dive from Kushida. Um, we get sort of a clever pin where Kushida makes Jake Atlas tap with the armbar. But at the same time, Drake Maverick is over it, so his shoulders are down, and Drake Maverick actually gets the pin over Jake Atlas. But Jake Atlas taps before three, but the referee doesn't see that. So really, Kushida should have won, but Drake Maverick is given the win. I don't have a clue what they're doing with this. We've seen people like Kurt Angle, who were fired, been brought back, furloughed, whatever. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe Drake Maverick. Maybe doing that promo the straight away after he got sacked was a touch of genius on his part. But he is in the finals against Phantasma, which is next week. Um, surprised he didn't save it for In Your House. Maybe they'll do uh, Maverick versus Kushida in your house. Because uh, later on they did actually mention um, that Kushida would be getting the first shot at the belt from Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick offered him that. It was a bit weird. I thought Drake Maverick maybe next week should have said, right, we'll have another match for this then. Um, maybe that would have been the baby face to do thing to do, but hey, um, the, the show itself just didn't didn't the show. I feel like I don't even want to talk about it that much. Like with Gargano beating uh, a, some jobber, Adrian something. Sorry, mate. In the uh, Gargano Invitational, then Keith Lee and Mia Yim come on the screen. They're having food and mocking the night in with the uh, Garganos. They're having food. Um, Tegan Knox shows up with uh, pretty much fully eaten pizza, which was just a bit weird. It didn't really do much for me, but I am looking forward to Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, even if I do think Johnny Gargano would be more suited to being the babyface in that match. Um, there's a women's match next, full disclosure. I just skipped the match. At this point, I put a poll up on Twitter. Are people, I'm really struggling watching three and a half hours to four hours because... Obviously, people know I don't stay up on a Wednesday night and watch this stuff till 4am. So I get home from work on a Thursday and I watch them both back to back, ready to do this podcast on a Friday. And it is, it can be hard work. It's like, you think, well, should I separate them? But then I'm thinking at the back of my head, I'm thinking I've got to watch the other show before I go to bed. So I'd sooner just get them out of the way with, which is not, probably not the best way to look at watching wrestling and get it out of the way with. But yeah, it was. I skipped that match. Uh, we got a nice little bit where Ronaldo, Mara Ronaldo says about cyberbullying and rest in peace to Hannah Kamara, which was a nice little touch. Um, Rhea, versus, Rhea and Io Shirai team to take on Charlotte and Chelsea Green. Charlotte wins via cheating. Um, that was all I really have to say about this. It, was, it wasn't good. I'm not really sure what Charlotte is still doing on NXT at this point, if I'm totally honest. Um, next, we get the Cole, Adam Cole-Regal negotiation. They weren't meant to be doing a celebration this week, were they? But I'm not sure what happened there. Basically, they're talking on video calls, and the gist of it basically comes out that Adam Cole is going to face Velveteen Dream one more time at NXT in your house. Um, if Velveteen Dream doesn't win the title, he'll never get another shot at Adam Cole's title, and Regal says he's going to choose the place for this match. So... Looks like we could be getting another cinematic match 
from a WWE and a wrestling pay-per-view in general. So, well, it'd be interesting as I do. I'd say I don't think Velveteen Dream is as good as people think he is in the ring. So, the cinematic thing might actually come to his benefit. Um, Champa next beats Leon Roth. We have Scarlet Bordeaux ringside. Oh, Scarlet Bordeaux, unbelievable. Um, Cross comes on the screen, Killian Cross. Carrion Cross, fucking hell, it's going to take some getting used to, talks a bit of shit, main event, Riddle, breeze through this NXT, Anna. Riddle versus Stature with Kurt Angle as the referee in a fight pitch, fight pit cage match, sells itself, done it, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher, fucking brilliant, brilliant, we are there, spot where they're a bit, hot, a bit goofy, but Thatcher's teeth falls out, the doctor comes out, clears him, it's just suplexes, hard hitting, Oh, it's just it's just right on my street. This I fucking loved it. Um, thing is, I hate to steam in this show is criticizing on Mara Ronella, It feels, but Riddle does a f- um, what is it? Floating bro, flying bro off the top of the structure, and Marinella goes, oh, he, and Riddle comes down off the top of the structure, and I'm thinking, you fucking bastard, you scream like a headlock. Oh, and it's a headlock from Johnny Gargano. And then, like, Riddle's doing, like, this dangerous move from the top of the finger, and you're just like, and Matt Riddle comes off the top of the cage. I thought, fucking hell, if you're going to give me a headache, at least do it for the right moment. That's his problem. He doesn't know the right moment to scream, which, for me, I feel like I'm more knowledgeable, not, not like, being stuck up, but from watching a lot of sports, good sports commentators don't scream the whole way through the match. They don't scream when someone makes a tackle or a 10-yard pass. They scream when there's a 94th-minute winner, which is what you're meant to do. You don't scream at a headlock or a counter or a two-counter at the start of the match. You scream at the dramatic moments at the end of it if it's a big enough match that warrants you reacting like that. Otherwise, it comes across as fake, comes across as corny and just fucking annoying, which is how I feel about Mauro Ranello. On commentary, don't come at me because it's my opinion. Um, but yeah, this match is great. Um, Thatcher wins, as we alluded to at the start of the show. Um, surprise win, but it doesn't really do do this thing where if you're leaving, then you're probably going to put the guy over on the way out, even though he's not actually going anywhere. Matt Riddle, I feel like he's going to SmackDown with not a lot of momentum. Luckily, he's got all of his charisma. So yeah, Riddle is choked out by Thatcher. I hope this ain't the end of Thatcher on NXT. Hope they continue to push him, make him look out to be a killer. Maybe have him join Imperium with his old friend Walter. Um, obviously part of Ring Camp back in the day, or the day that was like what, a year ago. Um, but yeah, I want to see Walter versus Thatcher. That'll be great. Um, they had a progress match, which was a bit overrated, but still pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's a main event, really good match. I think so let's get into the well, the award, shall we say. Match of the week goes to NXT again. Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher was undoubtedly the best match on either show. Winner of the week overall, yet again, goes to AEW. Good show, better than NXT. NXT, I thought, was a bad show. Uh, not bad, but it was boring. It, Dynamite was never boring. It was good. They won in the ratings as well. So the winner of the week, they had Mike Tyson as well, whereas NXT had, what? Mia Yim, um, I'm joking, so we had Mike Tyson, nothing wrong with Mia Yim by the way, but you know what I'm saying, Mike Tyson, biggest star on either show, t- segment with Chris Jericho at the end of it, it was much more interesting, much more entertaining, so the better show overall was undoubtedly Dynamite, so your winner of the week for week 34 is Dynamite in show quality and in ratings, but that match of the week goes to Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. 
Um, yeah, I think we're going to wrap up. Gone 35 minutes. Decent little length there. Um, I enjoyed talking about all that. Next week's shows, we it's the go-home show for In Your House, so hopefully NXT. NXT should be a good show next week. Dynamite taped their show, I believe, yesterday for next week. So this is a tape show. Sometimes the tape shows aren't as good as the ones that they do first. Um, I thought they were fresh from another day, but hey, we'll see. NXT hopefully is good for next week. We've got that. Interesting bit will be Drake Maverick versus Phantasma for the Cruiserweight title. But yeah, we'll be back next week on the Wednesday Night Wars, WWE versus AEW podcast, sorry. Um, Support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Find us on YouTube, just search neutral wrestling. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Last time I looked, we're almost touching 700 subscribers on YouTube. Slow build, but hey, someone else. That's all right. Someone wants me to clean the windows for him. Add another job to me monthly round. That'll, that'll sort me out, anyway. So, yeah, support us on Patreon, everyone. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Keep listening. Share the show. Enjoy the show. I will see you all next week on the WWE versus AEW podcast.